Welcome, 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 welcome to episode number 15 of For Ref's Sake. No longer the number one podcast for football referees in Malawi, but we don't care about that because we're still having lots and lots of fun this week. We have got not only the lovely ginger man that is Andrew Humphreys as our special guest, but we've got his fellow ginger, number two, number three referee in Northamptonshire, who's ginger, Luke Scott. Hello. How are you, Luke? I'm really well, mate. How are you? Oh, smashing. Super smashing great, which is a little little dance that I've been to this afternoon. But yeah, we have got uh, some chat to talk about. We've got John Wright's question of the week. Um, we've got a few little things to talk about as well. And we will catch up on all that news over the next hour or so. Don't forget we are on, uh, what's it called? Um, Apple Apple Podcast, is that the thing? Yeah, Spotify, yeah. that's the other one. Amazon, all those um, you know podcast places that you can... Uh, subscribe to and we're out every monday morning so make sure you subscribe to us we're loving this we've got to episode 15 15 Correct. Blimey, yeah. yeah you know we didn't think we'd get this far but we have so you actually refereed a game of football yesterday luke amazing i did yeah it was it was a real novelty um first game since second of jan so yeah i was over at north lee deepest darkest oxfordshire could you remember what you were doing uh well yeah i think i could i was all right um my assistant's not so much who are you with who are you with <laughs> uh matthew paul oh we love matty p not and james, not, james mm, weatherall well james weatherall we know he's a um you know a regular listener to the podcast i'm not sure about matty and he, p and he was very steady Steady Safe p- pair of hands. Who? James Weatherall. Ah, uh, and Matty P? Caused a few issues. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> <Is> <laughs> no, be- so we had... Is that because... Had, uh, we- does he listen to the podcast, Matty P? Uh, I don't think so, so... Oh, well, uh, this is awful, almost, almost, almost punishment. Throw him under listening. the bus, mate. Throw him under the bus. <laughs> Go on, double-decker. But no, we, we, had a, we had a bit of an incident with a, a player with an earring. Ooh. mid Mid-game. Uh, so... Obviously, I noticed it after he decided to give me a bit of stick after a decision. So my automatic response was, "Thank you for your feedback, but you can't wear that earring, so you need to go and take it off." Was it a, um, uh, was it a, right, just for context? Was it studded? Was it a, a ring earring, or was it dangling? Like so the pat, only like possible the only possible bit of defence that I can I can give to Matty P. And and it is a genuine bit of defence. Is it? It wasn't in the normal place you'd expect an ear piercing to be. It was in like this. I'm pointing at my ear now, which obviously the listeners can't see. But I don't know if you know what that bit of the ear is called, the top bit. Well, I mean, when you said it wasn't expected to be where you know it was expected to be, uh, you said it was an earring. I was still expecting it to be in his ear. It, well, uh, yeah, but not <laughs> not in the not in the, the the little flappy bit. It was in like the hard bit at the top. I maybe, don't know what that's called. Maybe um, the social media director can research parts of the ear and feedback <laughs> within the next minute or so. And so we can clarify where this point was in the ear ASAP. She, yeah, she's looking into that. But yeah, so uh, he, um, I, I obviously made him leave the field of play to to correct his equipment as per law. And do, do you know what response I got, Wayne? What was that? Well, what do we normally get in those type of situation with ears and uh, earrings and rings Can't and get all it that out. sort of stuff? Can't take it yeah. out. Yeah. That that was his response. I, I can't I can't get it out. So what was my response back? 
You can't play anymore. You can't come back on. <laughs> <laughs> oh. lo, lo and behold, after after a couple of minutes of sitting in the dugout with the physio looking at his ear, that the earring came out. It was a miracle. Well, I mean, you just got to stick to the laws of the game, mate. It's, that's just just the law, isn't it? We don't make the laws, and, do we? No, we don't. And I did make that point. Um, but you know, we had the we had the classic. Well, he's he's been playing with it all season. Um, I was like, well, that's. That's not my problem. And also, social media director has done some research, and apparently, it's called the rook, the rook of the ear. The rook. That's where the, the piercing ear. was. And did it cause a rook when you said this yesterday? Yeah, I mean, he didn't like me uh, before I highlighted his earring, and he liked me even less <laughs> so <it did laughs> when, he when he re-entered when he re-entered the field of play. And I said, "Oh, so it does come out then?" Uh, his response wasn't favourable. So it did cause a rook. <laughs> uh, yeah. So cheers, Matty P, for that. Nice one. <laughs> so I spent a lovely afternoon yesterday down at Old Enchenix. What a beautiful set of people they are, by the way, at Wenchenix. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant people. I mean, I um I was going down there to observe um Zach Cunningham. Um if you don't know Zach, he's a, a regular listener apparently, and he's uh, uh you know, a future star of Northampton re- uh, Northamptonshire referee, I think. He and would say that he's a regular listener if he wants a good mark though, wouldn't he? I I asked him some questions about the podcast. I'm not, stu- <laughs> okay. I'm not stupid. In episode 12, uh, and after 14 <laughs> minutes, what were we talking about? No. Um, so, yes, I, I saw Zach, and, um, you know, I, he had a very good game. And But when I got into the grounds and said, like, on chance people were really nice, um, I saw, like, a, it was like, I, I almost felt like a, a bit of a, not a celebrity, that's, but is a lot of uh, is a, a warm welcome because the first person I saw when I walked in was Jim Tate. You might not you might not know Jim, um, but he was a, he refereed for a number of years. So I spoke to him, I spoke to a few people. And who else was there but Peter Kirkup? Oh yeah. So Ollie, Ollie Mackey, our esteemed RDO, he's yep. employed um Pete to go and be uh Zach's coach for the season. Um, so Pete spent his afternoon sat next to me. I don't know if that was a good thing or not. Um, and then at half time, we went into the um, into the uh, the committee room, and we had a cup of tea. I, and I, actually, I I dished out tea and coffee to people who came in. I was, you know, I'm that what a gentleman! I, I'm a, I am a <laughs> lovely guy. I, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, and we were we were chatting, and who lo and behold, who turned up there? But last week's guest, Terry Wenham. Ah, uh, yes, he yeah, he does. He often pops into Chennai, doesn't he? Well, I mean, it, it was in walking distance. Obviously, he can't drive at the moment because of his shoulder yeah. injury. And if you're missing it out, look at episode number fourteen. <laughs> yeah, fourteen. Yeah, and you'll work. And you'll find out why that happened. No, no spoilers here. Um, so we were having a chat, and you know, he, and he came and sat with us for the second and a half, and um, and Zach had a, a, a good game, and we'll come back to that in a minute. Um, after the game, I spoke to Brian Lewin, who was sec- his secretary there, and we had a little chat. And at this point, Terry, come, we were having a little chat about stuff, and Terry said to me, "Oh, you won't, you'll never, you'll never, you'll never guess this, but um, this morning, um, Elaine, who's Terry's wife, by the way, um, cut Terry's toenails." And I was like, "I'm going to put that into the podcast because you know." What a niche thing to say, <laughs> say to, me, Terry, to me. I know you've only got one arm um, at the moment, uh, but, um, you know, what a niche thing to say. Like, my, yeah, my did, I mean, 
did the conversation drop up that much that we had to start talking about toenails? I don't even know where it came from, to be fair, mate. But um, <laughs> so, you know, me and Pete, Pete had a good chat, and which brought me back to this point, which I wrote down in that, um, and I know I was, I've spoken to Zach about this already, so I'm not throwing him, on, throwing him on under the bus or anything, but the game for the first 25 minutes, I said to Pete, like, there's really nothing that's happened in this game. And um, and it hadn't. But then after 25 minutes, there was a caution. And I said to Pete, I think he could have got away with not giving that caution um, in terms of the game itself. Because I, uh, from an ob- observer's point of view, um, and I don't do this very rarely, but I wrote down the number of fouls for each team. Um, and by this point, there'd been eight fouls in the game. And the foul itself was right in front of the dugouts. Right. Okay, so, it, so, in you know, I'm talking like micro managing a game here. So it's kind of like I'm thinking, if the dugouts are running out and going, that's a dreadful tackle or blah blah blah, then you could say, yeah, fair enough. Then go and caution. So is that chose to caution? You know, whether he's right or wrong in terms of laws of the game, that's fine. I said to him afterwards, in the context of the game. Was that necessary? And, and, and it's kind of that, you know, those those small parts of the game, I guess, where you could, if he hadn't cautioned and he'd, talk, he'd spoken to the player, I think everybody would have been happy. Subsequently, um, the player was sent off in the second half with a second yellow card, okay? And the second yellow card was totally justified. And I'm not saying to the player, you know, and I spoke to him after the game actually, and he was uh, he was having a little moan about it. I said, but you know, you, you knew you'd already been cautioned, so you know the second hand car, you can't have any excuses. So I'm not I'm I'm just kind of parking that to one side, but a, a learning tool for everybody. Could you? And I said, and, I, and it, this was an open question. I'm not saying you should have done this. You shouldn't shouldn't have done that. Done that. Um, could you have managed that situation? a little bit better. He's a very raw, he's new level five. I get it. I understand it. We've all been there. It's easy. He's 21 years old. It's easy for me to say, it's easy for you to say, you shouldn't have done this, you should have done that. But it's a game It's a game management tool, isn't it? Football is not black and white. Refereeing is not black and white. No, I think from what you're saying, it was a, it was a caution that from an observer's point of view, you're happy to support from an application of law point of view, but obviously we're marked in uh, a number of different sections, application of law being one of them, um, and the other one being around, well, one of the others being around that, exactly what you're talking about, that game management approach, and um, whether, and, and I guess it's the difference between good good referees and great referees, isn't it? You know, as as an observer, when you're sitting there and, it's easy to look at things and say, well, it's black and it's white. That's a caution. That's not a caution. But one of the skills that you have to have an observer is being able to differentiate between what's a caution and, and what's not on different days because it's not always the same. That threshold is not always the same. Um, but also as a referee, if you if you do that in front of the observer and, and you can justify it, you're probably going to get yourself credit rather than going down the route of, showing a caution because you think that's what the observer wants to see. It's not always the case. It's it's about showing that empathy for the game and sometimes that carries a lot more weight than perhaps a, a cheap caution. So also a learning curve. I said to him, kind of like, uh, from five to four, 
probably not that important, but you know, it's a system. You've got to play the system as it is. When you get to level four, people are going to say, like, you sent our player off for that, and it wasn't necessary because of the first caution. So you're, you're not going to gain club marks by that, I don't think. You're going to lose club marks. Oh, yeah. From, yeah, a, from yeah. a club. And, you know, you know, could you have managed that situation better? And I've got to give Zach a lot of credit for this because I was speaking to Pete about this. And I said, and I, and I told Pete what I was going to say to him, what I thought about certain things. And I, I, I just wanted, and, you know, I wanted to, wanted to see what Zach's reaction was going to be. And it was spot on. I, I couldn't credit him enough for that. It was kind of like eye contact was brilliant in the debrief. Um, listened, gave a little opinion here and there. I've a lot of time for that. You know, it, and from an observer's point of view, it's not. I'm right, you're wrong. It's kind of let's have a discussion. And I thought the way he came across, particularly for a, a lad who was only 21 years old, was like, I was impressed. And I said to Pete afterwards, I, went, I, I wanted to gauge that reaction and I was impressed with the reaction. Um, so, you know, hats off to him for that, 100%. I, I think it's, a, like you say, it's a learning thing for him because it, and, and others because I think you probably, you go into those... You go into those games where you're being observed. If if it's not something that you're necessarily used to, or or you've not had too many of, and you and you're thinking it's almost the fear of getting something wrong in the observer's eyes. And I think this is a key key example that you've highlighted where actually you'd have supported a caution and and you're going to support the caution, but you also would have supported not cautioning. And sometimes that can be difficult for people to get their heads around because it'll be like, well, it's either a caution or it's not a caution. But actually, the way the way this situation panned out in the in the the eyes of the law you you can back the caution as the observer but from a game management perspective you would also have backed him if he had chosen not to caution um and that 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 mindset is a good one to take into games 100 percent, and you know this is the thing we're trying to you know develop it as a podcast you know we want people to listen to this and think yeah even if you take one thing from this podcast and it might be you know being luke being absolute tools here and there but you know it, it, it is all um you know, it's a learning curve for everybody. So, moving on to a couple of light-hearted things, Luke. Um, I refereed this morning on the worst. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say this, and, and I'm, I'm not, ca- I don't care, right? Okay, I'm a bit scared, but okay. No, I refereed on the race course today on pitch number seven. It is the worst football pitch you will ever, ever play football on. It is a, it's a disgrace to, <laughs> to grassroots football. You you must feel very strongly about it because we're we're fifteen episodes in and nobody's sworn yet, and you almost you almost yeah, just did. Honestly, it's like it was on. Oh, I couldn't. It was dreadful. It was dreadful. Honest, honestly, what, I couldn't. Like, know, I've said honestly a few times, but is is this because uh, of the recent weather or is it just uh, a terrible pitch? People, I don't know who these people are, but they just don't maintain these pitches well enough. And these people are paying forty or fifty quid for these pitches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It was awful. But anyway, at the end of the game, um, I said, <laughs> I've been to the darts this afternoon and um, at, at half-time, I said to FC Phipps, I'm going to call them out here because they were, both teams were brilliant, by the way. I, I said to them, yeah, I'll referee you two teams every week because what a great set of lads you, they were. And I said to them, um, I'm not being funny, lads, but uh, can we spin it around at half-time a bit quicker because my missus is picking me up to take me down to the <laughs> Melbourne Games. And they, they loved it. 
absolutely loved it. It was a great game. Um, like even any decision I gave, there wasn't one piece of dissent at all. Nobody moaned about anything. They asked a couple of questions. I said this, that, um, and they were, you know, they were happy and uh, ended the game. Someone came up to me. You know what they said? You know that thing they say to you sometimes when they've won. Best ref you've seen all season. Yeah, you got yeah. it, mate. You you know to tick that box off. Yeah, I said, well, uh, you know, <laughs> what can what can I say? And one of them, one of them actually said, I don't know who he was, but he said to me, "How come you've managed to only referee League One this week?" Oh, I didn't know. What, <laughs> I didn't even know I was refereeing in League One. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. I know. So I, was 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 both <laughs> was both of those positive bits of feedback from the winning team? No, this is like at half time. One of them said to me, "How, oh, okay. how, how come you referee in League One?" I went, what, I said to him, what do you mean? I said, what he was talking about? He said, oh, this is League One. I said, is it? I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> but, right, I'm going to move on, Luke. So, um, this Friday, I've got you know, another Team Daisy event um, up at Cutler United Football Club, which is pretty much sold out. And one of the things that I'm going to do um, is, uh, uh, I'm gonna call, I, I need a name for it, something that's funky, uh, but I've got, like a social, I'm going. I've delved into the depths of social media, right? This yeah, this re- concerns me. This yeah. is great. So basically, I've got three statements, comments, um, three um, uh, statuses from Facebook, from me, from you, and from the social media director, right? Right. I'm, I'm probably going to mess this up at some point, so bear with. So. I'm going to read out this, the status and I'm going to miss out a word, okay? Okay. I'm, I'm going to say blank. And you and the social media director can confirm on this and see if you know what the missing word is, okay? Okay. Um, I'm so cringed out already. Right, thanks, social media director in the background. So this is from um, 2012. And this one's from the social <laughs> media director. Okay, and she says um, this. So bear with. I've just watched a horse dance to the blank. Am I on drugs? Blind you. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Didn't even have to think about that. That was in the Olympics. I remember it. Um, that's one. That's one point. We'll take that. At least you know what you're talking about. So I've just watched the, a horse. Dance of the Lion King, am I on drugs? You are correct. Right. Right. This one's from you, Luke. Okay. I can't even read my own writing. That's it. Right. There's <laughs> a bit of a pause there. <laughs> so, um, this is from you, 2015, Luke, which I okay. would imagine you're on the, probably on the UCL around, around that time. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've been level four, yeah. 2015. So it says, the Boxing Day game is off, so I'm going to the blank instead. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I don't remember the status, but <laughs> I mean, the logical thing to say is pub. <laughs> it's not the Lion King. No, I was gonna, yeah, pub. <laughs> it's, that's the logical thing, surely. Pub, and your status said, uh, Boxing Day game is off, so I'm going to the gym instead. Uh, so what? You... I, I, no, well. <laughs> You've let yourself really down there. Really also, what gyms are open on Boxing Day? <laughs> and then we're going to 2018. Um, this is my status. 
So, <laughs> this is me. Giving something blank, giving blank, and doing my duty for the community. Giving something. No, nope, that's a blank word. Blood. Yeah, blood. Oh. You do that a lot. Oh, right. So, Harley. Sorry, not Harley. The social media director, because we don't know who the social media director <laughs> is, obviously. <laughs> um, you were correct. Two out of two, Harley. Uh, sorry, social well, media you director. Should, you should, you um, said we could confer, so surely we just both win. No, 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 no. I mean, you, you, you tried to take the lead on the old um, pub, pub answer, and you've, you've let the team You agreed down. with pub. Yeah, she'd have gone pub. So, you know, we're don't in this say, together. Don't say that, social media director. Um, but no, so um, let's move on quickly because we know we're trying to limit, <laughs> limit this interception to less than 25 minutes. Um, John Wright's question of the week was, um, what is the worst rule law in football? I'm going to start this off with the, with the thing, I'm going to say stupid there, um, where if a player is injured and a person comes on for treatment and there's no yellow card, they still have to leave the field of play. That's what's the point of that? There isn't any point, in my opinion. What's your worst law? Yeah, law? I mean, there's there's situations where that one does work, but there's a majority of situations where it is just a pain. So yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, <clears throat> I think topical topical examples. Recent weeks, offside still obviously lacks a little bit of clarity in uh, in in certain people's minds uh, around interfering, particularly particularly when the ball isn't necessarily involved in that offside offence. So that, that's potentially one. Um, handball is still particularly unclear to, to most people. And, and when I say most people, I'm not talking just referees. Obviously, I'm talking players, pundits, spectators, and anything that can confuse that many stakeholders in a game probably needs addressing. Okay. So moving on as well, last thing I want to talk about is you know, we've got a few we've got a few regular listeners to this podcast now, which is fair to say. And we get a lot we get a lot of messages, comments, what have you. So thank you to all the comedians, all including you, Luke, all the hilarity that came along when the white card was represented on Twitter. That white card, I'm telling you now, was old school because I've done that already. Yeah, well, that's that's what we were doing. We were just sticking up for you. Fair play, right? Oh, fair play. Is it? Is it? Fair, is that what? It, is that a thing? Is that? Is it because it was fair, a fair play card? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm led to believe that is an official trial. Ah, right. Okay. I mean, I didn't look. In, I was so disappointed, angry, disappointed about this that uh, I was like, I've done that already. My white, my white card wasn't for fair play. It was for serious foul play. So it's absolutely <laughs> different. Yeah, I think there's there's some sort of trial where the referee shows a white card. It's it's in Portugal, and they show a white card um, for an act of fair play. Uh, it doesn't make an awful lot of sense to me, but um, yeah, that's what they're trying. I'll give them a hug. I reckon give them a hug. That'd be better. More hugs in the world would make the world a better place. Like I said today, today's game, FC Phipps against Willemar Saxons. Uh, I think it was their reserves. Um what I mean, people's like helping each other up after a foul and stuff like this, and, and making sure people are okay. That, that was beautiful. <laughs> it was it, genuinely. I said to them after the game, I was like, and people like players go, 
were too nice and stuff, but it was just a nice game to referee. So. You know what you should have done, mate? What? Got your white card out. I had my white card with me. I was hoping it wasn't. They should have got it out, mate. Like, I couldn't it, find it, the red one. I had, to, I had to bring out the uh, the white card for out of retirement because I didn't have the other one. I was going to do like, like obviously you can't see this because you're listening, but hold it with just in the palm if I had to. Yeah. Because I can't show the white, <laughs> can't show the white side. But ah, oh, it was a good. It was a good morning. It's been a good weekend. Um. Next, we have got our favourite ginger referee. Andy, Andy Humphreys, who was like, he was like, he not hated the podcast, but he was a, a critic, it's fair to say. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, we've turned him. We've turned him into a supporter, and we're going to get him, and we're going to listen to his journey from average UCL Reserve Division goalkeeper to level to be referee. Stay tuned. Okay, so welcome back to part two of For Ref's Sake, our ginger special. And we are joined by Andrew Humphreys. I mean, Andrew, I don't normally call you Andrew, do I? Uh, you don't normally call me Andrew, no? No. But welcome along, mate. How are you? I'm good, mate. Thanks for having me on. I mean, you are really lucky that we're letting you on because uh, for the first few weeks, you just slaughtered us and you said you only listened to us for about 30 seconds and you were bored. Um, it took a couple of weeks to find his legs, I think, Mr. Chalmers, definitely. So talk us through your first listening experience. I, I gather it was forced listening. Uh, no, not forced listening at all. Um, Wayne had asked me a few times about uh, if I'd listened. Um, I was very honest and said I'd listened to the first part of it. And I, I, The problem is I hear Wayne's voice all the time at work. So getting in at night and putting him on the, uh, putting him on the phone and listening to him is not really for me. Um, but then, yeah, then we were going down to, I think it was Farnborough with, um, Abdul and MG. And, uh, I said to him, it's really good. We should listen to it. <laughs> we listened to about 25 minutes and somebody in the car wanted it off. I won't chuck one of them under the bus, but yeah, MG wasn't a happy man. <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable. Unbelievable. This is, you know, MG, if you're listening, which you're not, obviously, um, you're a disgrace. You're a disgrace to Northamptonshire referee with that comment. Um, so, you know, I've been trying to get you onto this and uh, finally succeeded. And you did promise us last week and, and you know, truth to your word, you've, you've, you know, you've managed to come on. And, uh, and we're very grateful for that, obviously. Um, normally, one of the questions that comes up uh, during our podcast is, who is the best ginger referee in Northamptonshire? And it's always a kind of debate now, isn't it, between... Luke and Ollie, but I, I'm I'm putting my uh, I'm putting my flag down for you, mate. Cheers, mate. That's very nice. I mean, I, I'm gonna back Ollie. Ollie, to be fair, um, I think he's a very well, good. I well, tell you what, mate. I'm gonna I'm gonna back you. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, from a refereeing uh, perspective, um, I was I the first time I met you, um, or I say met you, you know, became acquainted with you, I suppose, was probably. We were talking about this earlier this week, and God bless him, um, Daniel Worrell, who he passed away, uh, you know, 12, 13 years ago, and he was 
um, a young lad. He was refereeing. He was playing football. And I think he was running the line for, it was either Woodford Reserve, I think it must have been Woodford Reserves, against Daventry Town Reserves at Woodford. And I think you might have been playing in that game because you used to be a goalkeeper, didn't you? I did, mate, yeah. Uh, I couldn't really run. Uh, unlike my naturally uh, athletic physique now, you'd probably surprise you. I used to be quite a little chubby thing trying to jump around in goal. Um but yeah, I, I can kind of remember you as a referee, Wayne. I, I remember you not sending me off for uh, Owen Chenix for handling the ball <laughs> outside the area. I'm steaming out with my arms right this. They handled it and you're like, no, lads, that's just the yellow today. I bet you could not <laughs> that day. <laughs> we, we talked about that earlier, to be fair. But carry on. Keep picking me up no, like this. <laughs> no, that, that's about it, mate. I can't really remember too much. You were probably the other side of the halfway line, mine. You probably didn't have the best view. Um, but yeah, that's all I can really remember about our first few meetings. I mean, if you, so you, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but if you're saying that you were looking chubby from my perspective, from the from the, from the centre circle, you must have looked massive. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, Hubbo, were you were you qualified as a referee then, or or not? I would have been, mate. Yeah, so uh, I qualified when I was about 16, 17. So. so you you knew that he should have been producing a red card at that point. Yeah, I mean, I, to be fair, he had to call me back from the dressing rooms and say, come back, mate. He said, yeah, it's not a win. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I kind of, well, I kind of do. So, no, I still don't really know the laws now, mate. To be fair. Why is it, so, if you were like, you, you were playing, and, and, and in those days, we'll say, I'm not say not now, but that was a fairly decent level of football. So, you were playing for Woodford United, I think. Was that before the time... They were in the Southern League. Is that when they were in the UCL? I imagine it is. Yeah, so I started playing for them. Uh, I was at Ford Sports up until about 16 and then moved to Woodford when I couldn't get a game there. Um, and then I was in the reserve team for a bit. And then whilst I was there, I can't remember how long I was there, for five, six years, um, the first team had won the UCL um, and went up into the Southern League. So I kind of, and I flirted a bit around first team as a goalkeeper. Uh, Matt Finley was goalkeeper at the time. He was like different class if you ever refed him you, you'll know he's a good good goalkeeper um but every now and then he'll have a holiday so I might get a little sniff in the first <laughs> but um yeah like so they it was it was an all right standard when you know it was a good good crack most of the time and we won the reserve league that year as well which was quite good so both teams had won the league but um yeah it was a right standard to be fair one of the ga- I did a game at um I think it was to be in the reserves because I wasn't you know, as um, Humpo is uh, evidence already, I wasn't very good as a referee in those days. And it, and it's a learning curve for me from this perspective. So um, there was a game at Woodford Reserves, and I can't remember this this guy's name, um, but he was always very angry. Every game he refereed him, he said, I think he played left back. You'll know who I'm talking about. He was always really, really angry. He, he got sent off a lot. He was a guy in that um. day. Yeah, there was a few. Stu Haynes probably. That was him. That was him. Yeah, yeah Stu Haynes. Yeah, and, uh, very angry man. I, I used to try and rep him on a Sunday morning. Try doing that with a hangover. Him hungover or still drunk, and then like, playing um, football with him on a Saturday, and then him hammering you on a Sunday. Yeah, there was there was a game, and uh, a, a, a guy got injured. It was literally the ninetieth minute, um, and, and a, a really bad injury, um, and the, and the game stopped. And you know, instead of just at that point, they were playing Spalding. Now, Woodford to Spalding is a long way. It is a very long way. Um, so, um, bad injury. Instead of me going, you know what, let's call it there, full time. There's 90 minutes on the clock. There's like t- it's two or three minutes of added time to, to go. But, 
you know, we could just leave that there. Um, I um, I abandoned <laughs> I abandoned the game. There was an air ambulance. There was everything going on. Um, air ambulance come down, took the player off. Um, you know, even it, it was a three o'clock kickoff. So it, it and it was in a time when um, we could have waited, you know, and played that last two minutes. If I was like stupid enough to do that anyway. And uh, Spawns were really angry because they had to come back to Woodford and replay the game. I remember that game, mate. I remember (laughs) that game very well, yeah. I think we were winning as well. I think we were winning, which would have been like our only win of the year. And um, they came back and did us over about 4-0 on Tuesday night. Cheers for that. Yeah, sorry. sorry. (laughs) I mean, I've I've obviously cost you a a massive medal there, but uh, but that's one of those things where we're experiencing what, what... were you doing at, at that point? Everyone was happy, whatever. Let's just go home and and do what we do, and then. Um, but no, 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 no. Chalmers has said you have to come back. You know, everybody's gonna. You know, every fifteen, sixteen, seventeen people have got to come back a hundred miles to Woodford, a hundred miles back, <laughs> just because you couldn't manage the game properly, basically. <laughs> At least, at least you've highlighted the errors of your ways, mate. That's the main thing. But it's a learning, it's a learning curve, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. Why why did you um, qualify as a referee in the first place? Um, so my dad did it. My dad was, um, what was it? Was it old class one, was it? Which would be like equivalent to a level five, wouldn't it, county referee? So he did it for a bit. Um, and I can kind of remember dotting about the the parks of Northampton, Abington Park and the race course and stuff, watching him referee a bit uh, when I was a kid. And then um, 16, I think, he... He was working at Drayton Grange and he just, he said, look, we're doing a reference course. Pete, I'm sure Pete Ratton was running it. There were two Pete's, weren't there, that used to do it, I'm sure. There was three. three yeah. As three Wayne's about to tell you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Thompson, and, um, Ratton and Nicholson. Yeah, and, they, and that was it. And he just kind of said, come up, it looked good on your CV when you're applying for colleges and universities and stuff. So I went and did it. Um, <laughs> yeah, and like, I had no real interest in taking it on to be to be completely honest, I was, you know, looked at referees and thought, it's not really for me. But then I did think I was a really good goalkeeper, which looking back on it was a real <laughs> unwise move. Um, but yeah, so that's how I kind of got into it. Um, and then did a few kids games, but again, wasn't really, especially when you're 16, 17, it's not really the thing, is it? Well, it wasn't then. I was way more interested in going out on a Wednesday night and going going to the clubs in Northampton with the, um, with the college boys. So... Yeah, it didn't really take off. Um, referee didn't really take off at all, to be to be completely frank. And and probably a bit of a regret when I look back now. If I'd have taken it up seriously earlier, you know, I'm not particularly old, but it's, you know, I started when I was about 24 properly, and that's you know, you've lost seven years of of any decent refereeing that you could possibly have done. So was that your first promotion season? That when you were 24, then? I think so, mate. Yeah, I don't know the dates properly, but yeah. Um, I remember I lost my place in the Woodford team to a um, to another guy, and he I kind of spent half the season not doing a lot. And then I just rang Pete Nick and said, oh, "I'm kind of referee because I was refereeing Sunday mornings just purely for money." Um, and then you get some nice feedback of the people you were doing, you were refereeing, and there were some good teams. It was back in the time when Sunday morning football was relatively good standard. Daventry had two leagues. Um, the top league was, you know some good UCL players in teams dotted about and it was quite a good standard and you'd be coming out of the club at two o'clock in the morning with them and then go and ref them at half ten in the morning so it's quite a good little grounding um 
And then once I got kicked out of the football team or didn't really, I wasn't getting in, I was like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll rang Pete Nick. I did have about half a season, then flirted back with playing a bit. And then September onwards, I was like, no, I'm just going to give this referee like a go. And yeah, first, and then went, yeah, seven to six, six to five, five to four in quick succession. Um, probably with some help of Pete Nick turning up every every couple of months in Martins <laughs> quite nicely. You can speak That's a little bit. <laughs> it's quite it's quite interesting though in in terms of um you know there was there must have been a point where you thought I'm not going to make it as a player and you know I know around that time um it's probably the time I was just got onto the UCL and I was refereeing like Ford Sports and Davinci Town and they, and they were getting paid you know a, a little bit of money you had people there like Shane Geary and you know, people who played a you know a, a low level of professional football in terms of they always on the uh, you know the periphery of um, professional football. So is that kind of when you went? I'm not going to make it. I'm going to go. <laughs> going to go get my forty quid or what, or what have you. Yeah, I think so. So the, the Saturday, the Saturday playing the Saturday stuff was like you said when you're playing in reserve football, you're always just uh, an injury away from earning. 30, 40 pound a weekend doing what you think you're going to be really good at. And I still, I still thought probably to the age of 22, I was still good enough to go up through the levels as a, as a goalkeeper. Um, and I mean, I, I just wasn't, if you, I if I think back on it, I, can, I think I could dive left really well, but I can't dive right. I can fall right pretty handsomely, but I can't actually dive. Um, but I thought for a while I was going to be all right. Um, and then, yeah, and then it was just playing for fun. You know what it's like at that age. You're just playing with mates. There was a couple of years where we, you know, we created a good team spirit and it was just, it was decent fun. But yeah, and then once you kind of get into the realms of going, I'm, I'm paying to play this every week and actually I'm turning up paying £10 and I'm not even getting a game. And the guy who I thought, who got my place, I was, wasn't convinced he was better than me, although he probably was. Um, yeah, I thought actually. And it, and it kind of came at a time when, You'd run around on a Sunday morning and it'd be, you know, Sunday mornings can be horrible, can't they? It'd be hell for 90 minutes, but then you'd sit afterwards, have a drink with them and they'd say, oh, yeah, you're all right, Andy, to be fair. You can referee a game of football and you're getting nice feedback off people. Um, Gaz Roach was a quite a big, was, you know, at the time was quite big in kind of damnetry. He was appointed, he was coming to watch and he was always saying, you should be doing this on a Saturday. On a Saturday. This is, you're, you're missing out. Um, and it took a couple of years for me to listen to him to be, to be completely honest, and then I was like, oh, actually turning up on a Saturday at I don't know, Clipston or wherever I was being sent to, and you were kind of like, oh, I can do this, and people were turning up and telling you could do it. You're like, actually, might give this a bit of a go. It's quite interesting, actually, because um, you said you can only dive left. So I know you're a bit of a cricketer for Badby when you're back in the day. So oh, yeah, I tried, a, yeah. A left, arm, a left arm over the wicket, you'd, you'd have been knackered. <laughs> Because you were a wicketkeeper, weren't you? <laughs> I was, yeah, yeah. That point, yeah. <laughs> yeah, leg side, leg side takes down the left-hand side, I was brilliant. Like, if they edged anything to my right, I was, I was stuffed. I, like, you just look at your first slip and hope, hope it would go. <laughs> so you started the, um, you started the Daventry Referees Association because you know, it's, it's, a bit, it's a bit weird because I think, um, you know, we've had Northampton referees, a lot of Northampton referees, Ketcher and Wellenborough, Corby, Daventry's never been a hotbed of refereeing, really. You know, you yourself, there's Martin Gospel, there was Paul Cooper, Gaz Roach, um, you know, going back to people like James Cam uh, Jimmy Campbell, 
but Daventry, you know, it's out that way, isn't it? So it's kind of like it's in between um, Oxfordshire and, and, and Daventry and what have you. So, you know, fair p- I mean, you're, you're like a big dog. You're a big dog in Daventry <laughs> right now. I am. Whenever I walk around Daventry Tesco, you can like, get <laughs> spoken to all the time about it. I mean, they're caught, um, bu- they caught up in Long Buckby. You, you, you must be <laughs> signing autographs <laughs> out there, mate. <laughs> if I turn up in my EA kit, mate, they're always looking at me. It's quite good. It's funny, um, actually, this morning, um, I, I mean, I squeezed into, I think it was Stuart Bird's EA tracksuit, and I t- <laughs> it, was, it was so cold this morning, refereeing on the race course. I went, oh, EA, EA sports, ref, you must be really good. Yeah, I am, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> earned this, totally. That's really offensive to Stuart about that you actually managed to squeeze into one of his tracksuits. Yeah, I think I think my right breast is popping out the collar, to be fair, mate. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Andy, I was just going to say because uh, you consider yourself an ex-player, uh, do you do you subscribe to this uh, mindset that ex-players make better referees? That seems to be quite topical in in the media at the minute. Um, I think it's I don't know. I think it's a really interesting discussion. I, I, I personally don't think they do. I think at a certain level of football, it it helps. Um, I think the higher you go up, it's just about decision making, isn't it? You know, bearing in mind you were a goalkeeper, so you're not really a footballer. But <laughs> well, no, that is true. Um, it was. I don't. I don't. I don't know, mate. I think it's all about. It's all about the, the individual person. If the individual person has a good knowledge of how to referee and the laws of the game and how to run a game, then fine. But I don't think just necessarily you're a good footballer. You can make it as a referee. In the same respect, just being a good footballer doesn't make you a good manager. Or, or any of those types of things. Um, and I think probably the lack of ex-footballers coming through the system might might show that, but I don't know how much they're trying to push it. But I know kind of within the media, it's a bit of a bit of a thing. But um, yeah, I, I don't know, mate, to be honest. It's a, difficult, it's a difficult question to answer seriously, but I think most people who take up refereeing are players, aren't they, who have played a little bit and... You know, it's only when you realise that you can't do it that you kind of then move into the dark side. Yeah, it's those. It's it's that. I think for us, it's the mindset, isn't it? It's a completely different mindset. So I, I think you're right. Players, players are although they are trying to push players into it, but it's just not happening because it doesn't appeal to them. Um, whether that's because of the the financial differences in in going from being a player to being a match uh, a match official or whatever, but also just the the mindset of the person. You've got to have a certain mindset to to be an official but you know also it's it's about you know as referees we apply our trade to get to aim to get to the decent levels and we spend those hours practicing those decision making processes and thought processes it's not something that you can just teach an ex-player and go well you know what a foul is so just go out and give it because as other yeah. as we know there's other considerations to to think about in even the most simple of situations so yeah it's it's an interesting debate but uh, yeah, I, I sit kind of on the side of it. It's a nice idea, but I don't think it'll ever take off. I think their understanding of players would would be good. The understanding yeah. of frustrations, because I think sometimes that's the thing that as referees we can alienate ourselves from it. That you know, managers getting frustrated, players getting frustrated, and you as a referee you're running around going, "It's a throwing lads. I don't really know what the <laughs> issue is." But they understand that frustration. It's the build up of maybe two or three little ones that you're just not kind of clocking onto. And the better referees know that and get that and manage the game better, I think. Um, so I think they'd have that empathy with it. But you're right, that, you know, I've been doing it for now 
you know, seriously 10, 15 years and you go, well, I'd like to think I've worked hard at knowing what's a foul, what's not a foul, what this constitutes as reckless to um, endangering a safety, whatever it is. And you kind of go, well, I'm, I've got this in my head and I've got this down. It's not a process I had when I was 24 running around a, on the race course. It's something that you're right, you've honed and, and you know, it's a skill, same as, you know, same as anything, same as playing. It's a skill that you have to work on and, and hone. I don't think there's many natural referees. I think that's like, the, you might have natural athletes, but natural referees is a, is a weird term. You have to really work at the understanding and knowledge, I think, of how to manage a game of football. We have talked about the natural referees before, haven't we, Wayne? Yeah, we have. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big advocate of um, refereeing psychology. So what exactly what you've just said is kind of you've got to hone yourself in into that. What do people expect? Because, you know, a lot of footballers, a lot of managers and, 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 what, and club officials, they don't understand the laws of the game. But you can't, it's not carte blanche, black and white. This is the laws of the game, blah, blah, blah. blah. You've got to understand the psychology of the game and... Um, you know, understand when you need to get involved and when you don't, etc., etc. Et um, and Humphreys is a big, um, uh, what should I say? We don't talk football at school. We work together. We don't talk football at school. Um, Unless you refereeing, and then all of a sudden it's the <laughs> best topic rare. on a Monday morning. Very rare. I, I might get two minutes of. Where were you the weekend? Oh, <laughs> such such. oh mate, cheers, brilliant. And I was at the race course, and I did this. And I... <laughs> have you planned? Have you planned the science? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so I hope you don't mind me saying, but you had a, an opportunity, didn't you? Um, I don't know. Why it, it, it seems like a long time ago. Now, was it two, three, four years ago? So you had the opportunity to go on to the football league as an assistant, um, but you you declined it. It's fair to say. What was yeah. your rationale behind that? Do you regret that decision? Are you happy what you you know that decision that you've made? What's what do, what do you think? Um, I, the missus regrets the decision because you know it'd have been <laughs> about one hundred and fifty pound a week more than what I'm getting. Um, I I don't regret it. It'd be wrong to regret it. I think um, I really enjoyed running the line, but the, I think sometimes the and the, the parameters of the line I think are even more. Um, concise, a bit more shrunken than as a referee because you can go the season that I could have got promoted. So it was when you have to choose within uh, February. I'd chosen end of February to go referee, and I was sitting 14th, 15th in the merit table. And I was so I was doing okay, but I was just running on a load of really average games. And then March, I had two really good marks. Then I had a telly game, got a good mark on that. And then April, I think I had one game and did okay. And then I was sitting, I wasn't top, but I think it was about fifth, sixth maybe. And I was sitting there going, oh, this is all right. This is quite nice. But um, I mean, the, the, the kind of the conversation I had, so it was Pete Ellsworth from the FA who called me and said that Andy, you know, I'm, I'm sure you were kind of expecting this call. I'd had a playoff semi-final. Um, you might want to pick this one up, but I've been on the line for the, Premier League Two International Cup final, um, which was a, a lovely, lovely Big. game. Big. And uh, <laughs> I mean, when he told me this story about fifteen times, but just for the uh, listeners, yeah, carry on. Um, yeah. <laughs> and um, I wondered why you were falling asleep, mate. Um, well, that's, that's, Terry yeah, that's Terry Wenham's. You, know, you, you probably not listened to the last episode. <laughs> obviously, you don't. I, haven't, I, I haven't had a game in January, so I've not caught up on any of them. Um, 
but yeah, so we kind of um, Pete rang me on the the day the day after, and I spoke to him, and I he I kind of asked if I could still duel for a year because uh, you know lining on the football league is a completely different experience than doing it on the national league, and I was still level three, so it was a it was a difficult decision, but he he said no to that quite rightly, and then I asked his advice, and he just said to me, well, most people who choose or choose to switch now tend to regret it, so. And then he gave us 24 hours, but um, yeah. And I did, it was a weird thing because that year, that year a couple of the guys I've, I've lined with that year. So um, Gaz Vickers, um, Isaac, so they'd all gone up onto the Football League. And then they, you know, they they go to conference. You see them with their headshots. They've got, you know, they've got the EA kit and all that kind of thing. And then, and I'm going, I'm sat there in the August going, oh God, well, that might have been all right. Um, but then bizarrely, my first game was at St. Neots that next year. And I remember walking out, you know, not about 200 people there thinking, actually, I think this is the right thing to do. Um, and then that got, I got promoted that year as well. So, um, yeah, so far it's the right thing to do. Um, and there's no real regrets, but, you know, we'll see where we'll see where the referee takes us. I'm hoping there's a few more promotions in it yet. So what, what's the difference between, because we've not had... Um, a referee on here, I don't think, unless I'm wrong, Luke, from the who's refereeing on, on the national league from you know moving up from uh, step three, four, three. Yeah, yeah, no, you've got it, mate. Yeah, you're doing well. It's yeah, there's a level three, you step three and four, so step three, and then what's the difference? What's the difference in kind of expectation? Um, you know, professionalism. What's the difference between you know refereeing, as you said, uh, Southern League Prem to national league? What's the difference? Um, times one, so you can when you're refereeing, you you obviously make you can turn up at the time that you're dictating, uh, which tends to be 90 minutes before the game. Um, on the line, it's it was 12:30 for a three o'clock kickoff, which was okay. I didn't mind those times. Um, it's a lot of time to spend in a you know drinking coffee before you get going, but um, it can be they can be long days. You know, we did trips to Tranmere a couple of times. Um, Bromley, which you know isn't a million miles away, but you've got to navigate the M25 to get there, and they're just long days. And they're like, as I said, as a line, when you when you're doing the line, if nothing happens, the the observers coming in and saying you did this really well, but you haven't given any offsides, which is your you know your your bread and butter, um, and you'd be going there and you'd be getting down the middle 75, and you just go, cheers, you know, I left the house at half nine this morning, I'm getting in at <laughs> half eight tonight. And I've done it for £75 and I'm getting, you know, no real development points. Whereas a referee, there's you would you're just in control of everything at that point. And that's the whole, you know, and I, I quite like that. I still miss lining, I still miss the opportunity to sit and listen to debriefs and observers who are talking of a higher level of football and sitting there. And that's always my advice to anyone who has the opportunity to go into being fourth official on the National League is listen, don't worry what they say about you, but and that obviously helps develop you. But listen to what the refs saying, what they're saying to the ref, because they are going to make you better referees. Um, but then, yeah, and as a ref, it's just that control. You know, we get there at the time we dictate. It's nice and calm. Don't have to worry about trying to be whatever the ref wants me to be. I'm, you know, I can just be myself and that kind of thing. And then, yeah. So in terms of time, was the biggest expectation, which was the thing I think I. I enjoyed being able to control and still being able to control now, I think. So you haven't, you don't notice a big difference in terms of 
the games themselves and what's expected of you either from clubs, observers, maybe even spectators? From National League to Southern League? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's it's huge. The, you know, Southern League's about managing two, two teams, really. And I suppose it is, I'm not refereed on the National League Prem, but National League North and South is as well. But it's becoming more clinical, North and South. Everything's done on, you know, any major decisions done on few cameras, you know, it's you look back on and they're telling you whether you're right or wrong. Whereas on the Southern League, you're not getting that. It's a, it's about managing the occasion, managing two player, uh, two managers, two sets of players, two secretaries and an observer and working them to the best of your ability and hoping that the bit on the green stuff, the refereeing bit is okay that backs it up. Um, you, there's, there's less, there's less of that the higher you go up, I think. It's it's black and white, it's clinical. You have to be more clinical and more forensic in everything you do. Um, the fans is an interesting one. I don't know if the, I don't know whether the fans change the higher you go up or not. It's uh, I don't know. They, they still shout horrible things at you, mate, when you walk off. So um, I don't know whether that's change changes at all. Well, the lower, the lower down you go, the less you can hear them because you're further away from them. <laughs> when you're in the centre circle, you can't hear them that much, <laughs> especially when there's about five of them. <laughs> Obviously, I've always said that when there's only about five, it's worse. So when there's yeah. five, you know, every insult they shout at you and it stings. When it's a you know a few hundred and they're all shouting different things and it's one one cacophony of noise, you just kind of go, oh, they hate me, and you walk off. <laughs> I mean, you're walking off and someone's going, oh, you ginger, whatever. And you're like, oh, yeah. cheers, mate. I'm not being, I'm not being funny, but uh, you know, me and uh, me and Andy. Are, Educating. There's been some really good vocabulary come out tonight. <laughs> the lexicon of this podcast tonight has been top draw. I'm not, I'm not lying about that. You know, cacophony. What a word that is. Yes, mate. I can't spell it though, so don't ask me for that one. Oh, dear, 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 dear. So, future aspirations. Are you are you like intent now in in in, in trying to get through the levels? You know, we had Gareth Vickers on here a little while back. He he chose the uh, the assistant route, obviously. Um, he's had the old uh, fourth round FA Cup um, this weekend, and, and uh, brilliant! It's fan- that is really fantastic, and it's nice to see, isn't it? People, um, you know, making that, making that progress and getting those appointments. So, is that something you want to kind of get involved in? You know, getting as high as you can. And I know Mrs. Humphrey probably wants you out the house more often. <laughs> <laughs> um, she wants the money, right? She keep, you know, when you get promoted for the money. <laughs> Um, I wouldn't, mate. Yeah, I think it's weird. I think the older you get, and it probably also relates to family life and stuff. That you're not. I try and explain it that I'm I'm super ambitious, but content with what I'm doing. So if if because getting promoted, there's so many different um, barriers or different. You know, it's luck, isn't it? Some of it's skill, obviously, but it's the right right man who's watching you on the right day with the right game. You know, we've all been there where we've been absolutely brilliant and done loads and there's no one watching you and you go, well, that's a that's a chance missed. Um, but I think obviously the level of football, you know, at 2B is a really good level of football to referee at. Um, and I think sometimes you can lose sight of that a little bit, that whole thing of going, I need that next level, I need that next level, I need that next level. You've got to a level where it's a very good level, but I do want to be promoted. I do, you know, I do put a lot of hard work in, whether that be, you know, on the road running, whether that be watching clubs on YouTube, whether that be, you know, looking at, you know, old match footage of games, finding out weak points. I do a lot of a lot of research on 
on games before we go into them. But also, if it doesn't happen, it's I think I'm quite, I don't know, content is not the word, but it's, you know, that's it's, that kind of part of it's out of my hands. Um, there's a lot of people I think would want to referee at the level I'm at, but I do, I do still think I'm good enough to go the next level and the next level. But if it happens, then that would be great. But you just got to hope, hope the luck's with you. I mean, I've I've never asked this question before on this podcast, and I've, some, I mean, I look on more, I look on more asked from time to time, and one of the things when I was level three and even as a level four, I suppose, um, I always used to look at who I, I was with, you know, as a team, and I mean that I used to love like going out with Luke, it was me and you and An- and Sam Anderson and people like that we used to always go out and there were great days out. But you don't really get that opportunity anymore, do you? Because you're always with different people. Do you find that different, or do you find that exciting, or do you like do you um, miss the camaraderie of a, of a team? I do. I think the biggest thing from level three upwards is that you, at level three you'd be going out ninety-five percent of the time with you know at least one Northamptonshire official or one person. And I did five years at level three, so I knew a lot of assistants. And so you'd be going out with people that you knew. You go out with Dave Jarrett, and that was always a good day. You know, when Mark Weatherall was going, he'd be, you know, you'd have him, you know, Coops, you know, yourselves. Um, and they were great, you know, great days, but you, you, and you do lose it a bit. The more, you know, the, the season goes on and you see people again and again, and that's quite, quite good. And there's no, I've not come across anybody on the line yet who I'd go, I don't want to be with them again. I must admit, they're, they're all very good assistants and personality wise, they're all right. But, you know, it's not the same as, sitting in a car for an hour down to Dunstable, getting a coffee, doing the match, getting in the car back, stopping off at J15 and having a beer and then going home, there's a complete different camaraderie to it. So it's something I really miss, I must admit, that, you know, because they can be long days, you know, when you're getting in the car at half 10 to go to wherever, they can be long days. And when you don't know two people, you've got an hour and a half of trying to make that conversation and get to know them and want them to be working for you and not against you. You don't want to come across looking like an absolute... Uh, plank you want them to be there and working with you but um and you're always mindful of that because if they're not you know your day can be ruined by you know ruined by just that not having that connection but that if you've already got that already worked with them you're walking into a ground going that's all right today or at least you know it'll be all right at least you know they're working for you and not necessarily not caring for you i suppose you've always got that danger at at 2A, uh, sorry, 2B, where the lads are trying to, the linos are still trying to get, they've got that opportunity of promotion to the 2A line as well. Um, so then that obviously presents a challenge in that if something happens between the two of you, uh, it could be a, a more of an awkward conversation with an observer than perhaps it would be at, at level three, where now obviously there's the specialist path, but if, if the assistant at level four isn't on a specialist path, then there's no, the observer mark probably doesn't mean as much. So that obviously adds a bit of a dynamic in as well. That's why that teamwork element you talk about is so important, I guess. I did, Yeah, and I think that's it's one of the things that I've always tried. And, you know, I speak to Martin quite a lot of gospel about refereeing um, all the time. And I think it's, it's the thing that I always try my hardest to achieve is by the time we're at the ground, making sure that whatever communication we've had before we even get there, you know, meet times aren't strict it's like people have got busy lives I always talk about I'm getting there at one but you know if you can be there for half one great if you can't just let me know you know midweeks especially and you know I had loads of assistants this year say thanks for that and I'm sitting on the motorway going on you know instead of going I need to be there for 115 
he's not going to be too first if I get there at 1.30. I can stop and have this go to the toilet, which I'm desperate for, that type of thing. So in, in that respect, I think it's just about being <laughs> nice and real with people and hoping that they would pay that when they get to the ground. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that boring social media. <laughs> you, have to, you have to cough all of his answer. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's been interesting obviously um you know monday morning tomorrow um when we when we record this so let's not not, not talk about this tomorrow if that's all right with you um, and uh let's just pretend that um you know football's not important, not important since again just a bit late in the morning so i can ask yeah, I won't be like, yeah. i'll be i'll probably be in before you to be a <laughs> <laughs> we're but, currently uh, racing to who can be the latest yeah <laughs> so Final final thing then, um, any advice for anybody? Because you know we want this to be a development thing, just as much as a you know an information thing. What's what's the I don't know two or three best pieces of advice you could give to referees coming through the system? Do you reckon? Um, I think if you're still dueling and you're running the line, always pay attention to what's being said to the ref. I think that's one thing that I think I've really um, I've got out of it. Um, Work hard on your fitness. I think fitness takes you a long way. I know the laws of the game inside out. It's easy to it's easy to say, oh, you know, that's a that's a red card because it's a horrible tackle, but be concise with it. It's done this, this, and this. And people tend not to argue once you start quoting law. So that'd be my three bits of advice, I think. So uh, I'm just gonna it'd be like a, a a mini second of silence, and then you can recommend. Um, the uh, for Ref State podcast, and then the, the social media director can clip it, like, like Andrew Humphreys says, it's, <laughs> it's the best podcast. It's one, it was number one in Malawi for so many weeks. <laughs> We're not going to make you do that, mate. Nah. Uh, listen to listen to the number one podcast in Malawi for referees, <laughs> football referees. I'm not sure about any other kind of referee in for Ref sake. What a podcast! You got that one, Harley. Yeah, thumbs up. But yeah, she's there. Look, she's she's working hard. Bless her. She's finished <laughs> coughing now. Yeah, stop, stop coughing. Thanks, <laughs> thank you, mate. Um, no, thanks. Mate. Always a pleasure to talk to you for thirty-seven minutes. Um, yeah, but it's the longer we've spoken to each other for a long, long time. <laughs> and I uh, uh, hope you hope you stay well, and I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Good morning, mate. Cheers, I'm back. Cheers, Luke. Okay, so this is the end of another episode of For F's Sake. We are still hanging in there, Luke. Um, yeah, just about. An interesting chat with uh, with Andy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I did, I, I, yeah. To be honest, I've known him. I've known him for quite a few years. I didn't know he used to be a goalkeeper, so that was news to me. It's weird me calling him Andy because I, I, to us, he's just known as Humper, isn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, again, it's about progression and, and learning about um, you know what it's taken to get there, and you know the commitment and dedication that you have to have as a referee to you know do the hard yards, and then you know we've got, it's got to the point now where. You know he's out. You know, as I know, he's he's going to places like Taunton and Dover, and I, that's a, I mean, it's a lot. That's a long way away. That's almost like, you know, football league distances. 
Oh, mate, yeah, huge, huge commitment um, in terms of time. And, and I know we talked about one of the things he liked was having control of the time being the referee. But, you know, if you're getting sent to those types of places, it, it's taking a, a lot of time out of your day just to get there. And that's before you even start any of the the, the actual match day shenanigans. Yeah, I mean, we you're in the same position, and I used to be in the same position where, you know, we'd we'd be doing a game at, I don't know, you sent me at Sid Cots. You know those places in the world, and you're still leaving your house at, you know, half eleven, twelve o'clock, and you're not getting home till six, seven o'clock at night, and you know it's still a massive commitment. And you know, you you, you got we've, both of us have got supportive families, and you know, any referee, if you haven't got a supportive family, you're not. It's not like you're making tons of money. I mean, no. I, I said this before. It's kind of like whatever it was in those days, say a hundred quid for seven or eight hours. You could, you could earn the same amount of money. What, you know, stacking shelves in Tesco's, and yeah, you, yeah, yeah, and you wouldn't be getting abused by you know Sandra down aisle four who's looking for you know Uncle Ben's rice. You know, where's my rice or whatever? I, you know. well, it depends what part of Northampton <laughs> your Tesco's is, I suppose. But yeah, nah, I'm, I'm talking about me away, mate. And Parkins, you know, <laughs> no issues there. But I think um, I think that's that kind of his his answer to your question around his aspirations and where he wants to go was was really interesting for me because. Uh, a lot he talked about referees looking to having the desire to move on to the next level and always chasing that next promotion um and he's almost acknowledged that whilst there are things that you can control and obviously fitness was one of the things he talked about and and putting the work in there there's so many things that are out of your control and um actually rather than just chasing that chasing that next promotion perhaps we should work on being the best at our level before we start thinking about whether we deserve to be promoted or not. And I thought that was a, a really good takeaway point from, from Humpo there. Yeah, we're, we're getting good guests, we're getting good chats and, and you know, we're getting better at talking to people and, and finding out stuff. And I think that's the important thing. Um, you know, it's been, it's been, you know, we, we spoke to Terry last week and I spoke to Terry yesterday about, you know, the input, it is a, it is a football family you know, Hump, Hump, Humpo kind of touched on this where he would, um, you know, he'd be out, you know, drinking and partying with footballers on a Saturday night and be re- refereeing them on a Sunday morning. And, you know, it's been a tough all week in terms of football family, I suppose. And, you know, it, things like, uh, you know, there's a couple of a couple of people who've passed away this week at a ridiculously young age. Um, so there was, you know, Luke Abrahams and Kelsey Walsh um, who sadly passed away this week, you know, Luke from um, from what we understand is a bacterial infection and um, he didn't survive that and we had Kelsey Ball she was involved in a, in, a, in a traffic accident and also had Roger Ellison as well who's been a part of the Northampton football family for a, a long time and dedicated a lot of his time to um, to refereeing and, 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 and other football and it's just sad that you know these things happen and, and you know we can't control those things um, but all we can do is, you know, you pay our respects to those people. Um, you know, uh, Luke was a part of the um, Hunsby Hawks team and, and Blizzard Development, and Kelsey was part of Barton Albion. And as I've just said, you know, Roger was here, there, and everywhere doing bits and pieces. And, and, and I remember when I took over um, doing the observation things, he would always email me and say, I mean, he's not very well at the moment, but I, I want to get back involved. and when I can, but, you know, really, really sad um, to hear that news and, you know, and it's been brilliant to see, you know, from a, a positive side that people have 
you know, identified this on social media and, you know, there's been, um, you know, positivity, positivity in terms of coming together and, and supporting those causes. Yeah, definitely. And I think that the tributes uh, paid by the Nen League and the Nen League teams this morning was was great to see all over all over social media and and you know giving those giving those two lads uh, the send off and, and respect they deserve. You're absolutely right, mate. Absolutely right. So, you know, I was invo- involved in, in an N League game this morning, as I've already said. You know, it was a positive experience. Um, the minute silence was, you know, as you would expect absolutely proper and you know well 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 you know well done um to those two teams and i've seen some pictures on social media as well um from the, from the from the league and, and from the combination yesterday so you know thanks to all those people who've done it so we will be back next week for episode number uh, is it 16 yeah 16 right yeah. next week uh please keep subscribing um if you do want to get involved um Please let us know. Happy to get people involved. We love chatting to people. We can talk um, the backsides of many people because <laughs> we, the problem we have most of the time is that we try to limit it. And we we can't because we just we get these questions and we don't you know come into this with a ton of questions um, that we have planned. It, it tends to be quite organic and it quite you know it tends to develop. Um, but you know the guests we've had, all of them, all of them have been absolutely brilliant. I was listening to Terry Wedderborn on the way to work last week, and uh, it just made me, it just made me laugh. The Daryl Horner story, I was wetting myself, <laughs> uh, and it's a bit weird when you walk it because I've got my headphones on walking down the street, listening to Daryl and uh, sorry, listening to Terry talking about Daryl, and uh, you know it's just like oh that uh, it, it was just so funny, and uh, yeah, that and was I, a great sport as well. We're we're in um we're in a few group chats with Daryl, and it seems that he's taking it really well. <laughs> not <laughs> well I mean fair play to Daryl because I uh, don't want to drop any, uh, drop any uh, hints here but if you want to sponsor Daryl and you feel really sorry for him Daryl's doing the Team Daily Isle of Wight Challenge um, at the end of April and if you sponsor him you'll be helping a short person from Hunsbury <laughs> and, and evidently a very boring short person as well according oh, to Terry <laughs> I can't believe you said that um, so we will be back next week everybody uh, for episode number whatever it is and uh, keep subscribing on all those um, podcasting places that you can go to so I'm at AJ again alright Luke don't have to say anything um, get yourself onto Instagram get yourself onto Twitter get yourself onto Facebook and uh, yeah we've got a quiz next Friday pretty much sold out but if you want a, a quiz and a quiz and you you know got nothing to do on a Friday we're at Cooknell United Another great team up there who is supporting Team Daisy and all of us at the podcast. So have a great week and we will catch you again next Monday. Goodbye. I mean, you, you're always full of words, Luke. Goodbye. Anything else to say apart from goodbye? Come on. No, well, I thought that was a nice little... I thought you'd finished it well, but now you've asked, now you've asked me to say something. I don't really know what to say, but yeah, thanks for your support. Always always good to, good to check in with you. And... Uh, Maybe see you on Friday, maybe not. If not, see you next week. All the best, everybody.